Father, we just want to look at your word and be open to what you may want to say to us today. We don't go through a routine of reading from the Bible without any expectation. But every time we open your word, Lord, we're, we're asking you to speak to us, to change us, to encourage and strengthen us. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you do that this morning. For without you, I'm just rambling on and wasting these good people's time. So please come. Please come and use this word. Anoint it for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Over the many years, well, it feels many years as you get older. Life does tend to feel a bit long. Over the years, I've had the privilege of being able to talk to men and women about different circumstances, encourage them, open scripture, help them see things differently, speak to them, hopefully with wisdom and advice. And I've got to be honest, sometimes by the grace of God, things improve. Sometimes they just look at me politely and go off and carry on living the way they were, struggling as they've always struggled. But the truth is there have been some times, and thank God many of them, when there's been a significant change in somebody's life. And that has usually been when they have personally encountered the Lord Jesus, when the Holy Spirit has come on them. We had a dear friend called Bill who was addicted to drugs, and he was so fed up with it, he cried out in his kitchen one day. He just ordered his drugs on the taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. And he knew the driver was coming with his next round of drugs. And he stood in his kitchen and cried out to God, help, help. His kitchen door flung open. He was smacked to the floor. He got up, never touched drugs again in his life. The Holy Spirit, no one else was in the house. I had a friend who was a leader in a church and he got in, addicted to alcohol. Bit by bit he'd come on a Sunday and you'd smell it on him. And he's a lovely guy. And I'd talk to him and care for him and love for him and pray for him and encourage him and talk to his wife at the same time. It was breaking the marriage up and bit by bit, but he would always come smelling of alcohol. And then he goes to America on a holiday, goes into a strange church, just a normal Sunday. Wham! God meets with him. Just like that. Never touches alcohol again. I remember some years ago when I'd come through, before we planted a church, I'd come through a difficult time in a church where my leaders were quite aggressive and abusive to Laurie and I and uh, we were struggling with insecurities and doubts you may think I'm a bit brash sometimes or I can come over as arrogant I hope that's not the case but if it is it's not because I intend to be like that it's because God met with me one day and so affirmed to me what I was to do that I was utterly convinced this is what I do with my life and so it kind of can come over a little bit like 
full of myself. I hope not. Anyway, that's me if it does. That's not the God bit. But I was transformed. I was on the floor. God came, met with me. I was sobbing. Laurie, if you'd known Laurie before we were married or before you've met, well, if you'd known her before, Laurie was a fearful lady, nervous, very insecure. She'd been bullied. She went to a church and she went with a passion. Uh, This was before we planted Dorchester. And she went saying, I've got to get this sorted out, God. And so when there was a time of ministry, she goes forward and she's saying to God, I am not leaving this room until you meet with me. Now, we were just meeting with some people to start Dorchester Church, so we we had arranged a picnic, so I'm getting my usual impatient, intolerant self, thinking, what is going on? You know, come on. Laurie is there. I am not moving God. God meets with her. She screams out. Now, if you know Laurie, Laurie does not make a scene. I make the scenes. (laughs) Laurie's usually the first to run away. She doesn't make a scene. She's on the floor. She's screaming. She screams, I am free. God met with her. So in all my years, the one thing I crave for you and for me is that we encounter the person of Jesus. Everything we do, we've served, we desire to bless you and strengthen you and we trust God will help us do that. But ultimately, we need to meet Jesus day after day, occasion after occasion. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a guy who is simply going through what he's gone through for years. But on this day, this particular day, unbeknown to him, he met Jesus and it changed his life. So I'm going to read to you from John chapter 5, the first nine verses. So sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. It was a normal day. He was just going by the pool like he had done every day for probably years, if not the whole 38 years. But on this occasion, he encounters Jesus. His life had been on hold. This was his whole life. The pool controlled him, determined how he lived, set his boundaries. This was who he was. So I want to ask you this morning, can you relate to his circumstances? Are you maybe blinded by other attractions rather than Jesus? Or maybe 
You've been made lame by past hurts or mistakes in your life. Paralyzed through fear and insecurities or other people. And perhaps today you might say, do you know my life is not as I hoped it would be? It hasn't been the joy that I expected. It hasn't worked out. I thought I'd be more confident, more happy, more joyful, more positive. I thought I'd be free from these things by now. Maybe you can relate to a guy who sits by a pool. Well, maybe today may be your last day at the pool. Because what we want to look at is how Jesus prepares this man to be set free. And whilst we do, we need to be open to the Holy Spirit, touching us, prompting us, bringing things to our mind. I've often preached and somebody thanks me for something I never said. I, of course, take all the thanks. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you where you need to be touched. So it's not all about what I may say or the illustrations I may use. It's what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. Jesus comes to this man as he's coming to you this morning and he says this, Do you want to get well? I love it because I think it's one of the most outrageous questions in the Bible. Don't you? 38 years. How would you have reacted if Jesus had said to you, do you want to get well? Well, I'd have probably said, (laughs) what do you think I'm doing here? Really, I'm by this pool to get well. What do you think I'm doing? Why would you ask such such a question? It's like, coming to church and imagine this morning Jesus says to you do you want to encounter me well you may say well why do you think I'm here Lord you see we can be blinded can't we we can just get used to a status quo and our sin or our pain, or the mistakes we've made, will cost us more than we ever intended to pay when we set out. And they will take us further than we ever wanted to go. And they will keep us longer than we wanted to stay. And after 38 years, this man had pretty much given up. This is who I am. This is how my life will be now. After all this time, I can't change. And the sad thing is, I've met many Christians who have that same attitude. They're sitting by their pool, never realised it would take this long, never realised it would cost them that much, never realised how much it would control them. And the truth is, they've just given up. I can't believe I'm still in this place. How long has it been? And we can come to church, we can be in a life group, we can be a church member, we can do Christian things, but do you know, inside of us, 
we could have just settled and just said, well, this is just it for me. That's my pool. That's all it's ever going to be. And our pain, whatever is the cause or how it was caused, becomes our identity. This is my place by my pool. This is who I am. And time races by. Why did Jesus ask such a question to the guy? He knew he'd been there or he'd been an invalid for 38 years. Why would he ask him, do you want to get well? Well, the truth was, Jesus was looking for a flicker of faith. He's looking for a glimmer that in the heart of this man, he wants to change. He wants to move on. The same as he's looking this morning to you and I. As he comes amongst us and the spirit moves around us. Do you want to get well? Well, actually, no, I'm really comfortable where I am. But actually, yeah, I do. He's looking for just a glimpse of faith to arise so that our gaze can be diverted from the pool we're around to the person who's asking the question. Did you notice the man's initial response? In verse 7, he basically says to Jesus, well, I'm still here and it's not my fault. No one helps me. They all get in before me. You see, the tradition of that pool at Bethesda was that they believed that the angels came down and when they came down and fluttered over the water, it rippled. And the first one in the water after the ripple got healed. We don't actually know if that ever happened, but that was the tradition. And that's why all the people who are sick would gather and sit round. And this is why this man is saying, it's not my fault. No one helps me. They all get in before me. Do you know? We can be like that, can't we? I'm by this pool because of something that someone did to me. I'm by this pool because I was so hurt I can't forgive. I'm by this pool because I was so let down and so disappointed. And we can respond to Jesus just the same. It's not my fault. If you knew, Jesus, what they'd done to me, if you knew how hard I tried to get away, if you knew, and so on and so forth, how often I tried, and so it goes on. No one ever helps me. No one understands why I'm here by the pool. But the one who's asking us this morning is the one who does understand. He's the one who's been there. He's the one who's had the same things done to him. He's the one who's felt the pain. And he's the one who overcame for you. Hebrews describes Jesus as this. <coughs> Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, 
the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And it's this Jesus, our great high priest, who is asking you and I today, do you want to get well? Do you want to come and approach this throne of grace? Do you want to find mercy and grace in your time of need? Is there a glimmer of faith in you that this could be your last day by your pool? If so, then your faith will cause you to respond. For Jesus, wonderfully, have you noticed how often he does this? He just ignores the comments and the excuses the man makes. He ignores the traditions of the past and indeed the present he finds himself in. He ignores all those people around him. This is just between him and the man. And his next two words will cause the greatest ripple ever known by the pool of Bethesda. So he says to him, get up. You see, if you want to move on, if you want to be free, if you want to begin a new journey, it all begins with the first step. You need to get up in order to get on. And getting up is that glimmer of faith in action. Please note, this is not about the faith you have in yourself. Or how much faith you have that you will get well. What Jesus is looking for is the faith you have in him to get you well. The faith you have in him to get you up and move you on. And too often, Christians talk about their great need for greater faith in a situation. I must have more faith for this situation. Dear friends, I'd like to suggest that what Christians need today is more faith in a greater God. Our problem is that our expectation of God has been so crushed. We come to church expecting so little. We need a greater faith in him and what he can do in us and through us. So my question is, are we ready to get up? Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Never mind how many times you've tried. Never mind the advice you've got. Never mind the books you've read. Never mind. Do you have faith that he can heal you? That he will forgive you? That he will restore you? That he will mend your wounds and your broken hearts? Do you have faith that through him you can forgive others? 
that you can run, that you can be set free. Then as he asks you to get up, he asks you to do something else. For Jesus says to the man, pick up your mat. Why? Why? He's been there, let's presume, 30 of the 38 years, if not all of them. Now, I'm not saying it's the same mat, but I can't believe that it's clean. I mean, it was a dusty environment. He lived on the mat. Why on earth would he need to pick this mat up? It's not as though there's a charity shop he can donate it to. Why? Why would Jesus say to him, Oh, and pick up your mat. He's saying to him, bring it with you because you're not going back there. You're giving up your place by the pool. You see, faith is not having a fallback option for when it gets tough. And it will get tough. There will be tough days. Faith isn't saying, well, okay, Jesus, I'll take one step, but I'm keeping my foot on the mat in case it's harder than I imagined, so I can just come back to the pool when it gets a little difficult. If you're leaving your mat at the pool, it's like saying to Jesus, yeah, I will forgive them, but then within a day or so, you're bad-mouthing them. It's like saying to Jesus, yeah, I do trust you, but sure enough, you're speaking negatively of the issue that you're meant to be trusting him for. It's like saying, yeah, Jesus, I will change, but never removing the temptations that are hindering you to change. It's like saying, Jesus, yeah, I'm going to break this greed I have, but never acting generously. Do you see, you're just keeping them out. You're saying, well, if it's tough and hard or costly, I can always go back. You see, the mat has become our identity. This is who I am. Not my fault. I was hurt. And we don't want to lose that identity because we've become secure in it. They mistreated me. If you knew, I've been so discouraged. I'll never get over my problems and issues and battles. And our mat will end up defining us and shaping us and controlling us. So we need to lift them up. We need to pick them up and say never again because I'm now gazing this way and following Jesus. We need to be the very people whom Jesus saved us to be. Not blind, not lame, not paralysed by our circumstance not sitting by a pool. Jesus is not looking for a brief emotional encounter with us, although they're always wonderful when they happen. But he's not looking for that. He's looking for you and I to say, yeah, Lord, I want to get well. I'm going to get up and I'm going to take my mat with me because I'm not going back. Jesus is inviting us to begin a fresh journey with him. So let me ask you, 
Are you ready to pick up your mat this morning? Are you ready to say that that circumstance, that pain, that problem, that stronghold is not going to define me anymore? Because if you are, then Jesus finally says, now walk. Yeah, but hang on a minute. I'm the blind guy. I'm the lame lady. I'm the paralyzed person. You know, what do you mean walk? How can I walk? Because you're looking at me now. Not the pool. Not the people who put you there. Not the mistakes you've made that got you there. You're looking at me. Now walk. Walk to him. For he's the one who walked to the cross for you and I. He's the one who was unfairly treated and abused. Tempted with fear and anxiety. Despised and rejected. But he did not let those experiences define him or put him by a pool on a mat. He came to walk right to the cross to die for our sin. He came to experience God's wrath for sin so that you and I would never. He came to show us the depths of the Father's love for each and every one of us. He came to show us how we could live if we got up off our mats and followed him. He came to say, every time you get knocked down, you don't have to stay there. You just turn your gaze back to me and you get up. You pick up your mat and you follow me again. This is not who you are. I came to set you free. He says it's time to walk, child, son, daughter, because walking is what I embrace the cross for so that you could be set free. He didn't experience all he did just to leave you and I by a pool on a dirty mat. Imagine how Jesus must feel when he sees those he loves, those he gave his life for, those he rejoices over when we come to him that first time, those he rejoices over every time we pray, those he looks upon with such joy and sees us by a pool on a mat for a long time, hurt. Do you think he says, oh, bless him. Anyway, I've got other people to attend to. Do you think he can be so indifferent? Of course he isn't. He wants to encounter you by the pool. He wants to say to you, do you want to get well? Then get up. Oh, and by the way, Pick your mat up and let's walk.
So let me ask you this morning, are you beside a pool? Your pool? Do you feel blind, lame or paralysed because of life's experiences that have come to you? Or circumstances around you or decisions you've made that haven't been good? Are you captive through fear, anxiety or sin? Or sitting on a mat of unforgiveness or hurt? And the question is, do you want to get well? Is there something in you that's crying out, enough! I never intended to be here for this long. What on earth am I doing still here on this mat by this pool? Isn't there something in you that says no more? I'm going to avert my gaze to Jesus, not the pool. Do you want to get well? Then will you get up? And in getting up, will you pick up your mat? I'm not going back. I'm not having a fallback option. I'm going to do what I know I need to do in order to be free. Or I'm just going to follow Jesus one step at a time because I know that his path is much better than sitting on this dirty mat. I'm not going back. I've listened to the wrong voices. This is not who I am. I was saved to walk, not sit by a pool. Then, will you do just that? Will you walk? I'm going to be the one you saved me to be. I'm going to be free of the fears that control me, the insecurities, the bitterness. I am going to be that outrageous worshipper that I know in my heart I want to be. I'm going to be the fearless witness for Jesus. I'm going to have such a forgiving heart because I know it's how I should be. I'm going to be the one who speaks graciously at all times. I'm going to be the most ridiculous giver you've ever known. You've got aspirations in your heart. I know I did and still have. Well, you won't fulfil them by the mat. We've got to get up. We've got to want to get well. We've got to pick up the mat. And we've got to walk. So in a moment, I'm going to play you a great song. You'll all know it, I'm sure. I'm hoping this is going to work. And as that plays, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and touch us, to minister to us. And what I want to do, as I think you're getting used to me a bit more now, is I want to replicate something spiritual with something physical. So what I want to do is I want to invite you while this is playing to encounter, sit quietly, talk to the Holy Spirit. You can cry, you can laugh, you can even shout if you want. There's no tradition here. But if you feel that you want to do something physical to, to affirm what God is saying to you spiritual, I want you to get up from your seat. 
I want you to go to the table at the back there and you'll see lots of little mats, pieces of cloth, but there is symbolism. And I want you to take that piece of cloth and bring it and put it in here. So basically you're saying, Jesus, I want to get over this. I want to move on. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to be the person you want me to be. So I'm going to get up, Lord. I'm going to pick up my mat by taking the piece of cloth and I'm going to follow you right to the front, front and throw it in the bin because that is no longer me. Are you ready? Now you may not be a Christian this morning and you may be sitting by a pool of indecision and doubt. Well, this could be a morning for you when you decide, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to make that decision. I've sat by this pool. I could be thus by this pool for years, never choosing to follow Jesus. This could be your day when you encounter him and say, Lord, I'm getting up. I'm following you. You pick up a cloth of indecision and put it in the bin and decide today you're going to follow Jesus. So let's just enjoy his presence for a minute.